Hey, what it do, sports fans? Welcome to the Sports Live podcast brought to you by Multimedia Live. I'm Sboom Jigeli, so your host, and I will be joined by various guests on this exciting new podcast to discuss the latest ins and outs of the sporting world. Welcome to this uh, bonus episode of the Sports Live podcast coming to you from the Wanderers Stadium, the Bull Ring. I'm here with uh, Daniel Gallen. You might have heard him. He was our go-to guy during the Cricket World Cup, during the start of this podcast. He's here in South Africa now. He's been following South Africa against um, England in this four-test series that is definitely coming to a thrilling climax right here at the Bull Ring. By the time you hear this, we're recording this the day before the first day of uh, the fourth test here in Johannesburg. So Dan, welcome again to the Sports Live podcast. Welcome to this bonus episode. We have a particular issue we want to discuss, don't we? Yeah, yeah. Thanks uh, thanks for being on the show. It's amazing to see how how it's developed since that first yeah, uh, angry tirade I delivered uh, in the bowels of the Oval Office. Africa just lost their second game to Bangladesh. So it looks like not much has changed in terms of the, the tone that I'm, I'm coming at you. South African cricket is still struggling a little bit but yeah fantastic to be here at the home of cricket this is this is where i i cut my teeth first as a as a, as a cricket fan and then a cricket writer so yeah, yeah i really stoked to be here man it's glad i'm glad to have you here you've been writing some incredible stuff as of course i've told you off air and uh, i think one of the main things that you've contributed to is understanding the south african perspective and now that you're living and working in the uk you also understand the England perspective as well, which puts you in a unique position where you are able to describe the dynamics of, of either side during this um, test series, and it's been fascinating to read and to follow. Oh, thanks very much. Yeah, it's a it's quite a fun position to be in. Um, as you say, kind of straddling both worlds um, here in South Africa. I, I cricket is such a parochial game sometimes, and I yeah. think I, I think people don't. People can kind of forget that, that that there's quite a big world out there. We're seeing, you know, people are surprised that Japan played cricket in the Under-19 World Cup or or Nigeria, for example. And you know, it's fantastic to see the growth of the game and to put yourself in a position where you can kind of, uh, you know, straddle two worlds is is a really privileged position. It's it's challenging because yeah, you have yeah. to kind of come up with something that's unique for both perspectives, and also it's challenging in the sense that if I'm writing the South African perspective for English for an English audience or the English perspective for the South African audience. I have to acknowledge that the reader might not necessarily know some something that I mm. consider basic information. So right. you yeah. have you, you have to be conscious of who you're writing for and flitting between those two worlds is a challenge. But I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, it's, it seems like you. I don't know. I can't name all of the publications you contribute to. I don't, I <laughs> I don't think you can either. But you write for the London Evening Standard. Yes. Uh, Cricket Monthly. That's Wisden. right. Mm. Oh, SA Cricket, I think. That's right, SA Cricket Magazine, yeah, yeah. Uh, Wisden, The Cricketer. Yeah. I've had some stuff in The Guardian and The Telegraph. And of course, New Frame. New Frame, yes, of course. Shout out to New Frame. Uh, yeah. Anyone who asks me, they're fantastic. They've changed the game here. Yeah, um, yeah I've been about. <laughs> <laughs> you certainly have. You spread yourself quite thin, but I'm sure you've enjoyed it. Let's get into our topic of conversation. Temba Bavuma just not too uh, long ago, um, about an hour or so ago from when we were recording this, was confirmed that he's coming back into the Proteas lineup after scoring 180 in a four-day game for the Lions. He was told to go back to domestic cricket and he was put under the pressure of the weight of runs. Mm. 
Now the captain, Fafdu Plessis, confirmed in his pre-match press conference that Temba Bavuma is certainly back. That means Rassi van der Dessen is going to bat third. Zubeya uh, Hamza misses out. And uh, that likely means Temba is coming in at fifth. But I don't want us to get into the cricketing intricacies of this particular test match because it's, uh, time is going to get way past this. I mean, there'll be lots of developments by the time a lot of people hear this. But let's get into the fact that with Temba's omission came a massive, massive racial storm, infighting, Twitter outrage, everything else that, you know, is predictable in South Africa. You've written on the subject of the lack of South African batsmen and mm. South African black African batsmen, mm. uh, to be more specific. Coming back to South Africa, um, after a couple of years in the UK to find that Temba's omission from the Proteus team has caused such a racial storm. How has that made you sort of judge the country's progress in transformation stakes as well as the, the, the dependency on Temba as the sole hero of black African batsmen? Well, I guess the fact that Temba is the only one who is who is in the conversation in terms of black African batters making the team shows that whatever development structures are in place from Cricket South Africa aren't working. Mm. If if the ambition is to have a top order of you know not filled necessarily, but at least smattered with more than one black African batter, and that has been the goal for a while. I, I wrote that you alluded to that Cricket Monthly piece. I wrote that mm, mm. three years ago, I think, and, and they were saying that there was there was particular plans in place. Clearly, those plans haven't come to fruition. What I, what I found striking in the backlash to Tempers dropping was the tone of the uh, of the discourse. Mm. There's always been frustration. I mean, I don't want to speak on behalf of black people. What do you mean by tone of it? So, so this is what I mean. So, there's always been frustration at the lack of at, mm. at, at the glacial pace of transformation. Um, it, it, it points to a society that is still divided by race. That it still points to inequality and in, in wealth disparities. I mean, we're South Africa, according to the World Bank, is the most unequal country in the world according That's to true. race. Yeah. We, we know how batting requires. Uh, infrastructure and economic support unlike bowling which is why there's disparity between black bowlers and black batters the frustration has always been there but what I found interesting with, with, with Timber's case recently is anger um, that 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 despondency has, has led to frustration and, and that is that has become angry mm. and as mm. I wrote in, the, in that evening standard piece I think that mirrors the way the EFF has kind of changed the political discourse in this country and, and how Nelson Mandela's Rainbow Nation ideal now seems mm, mm. to be a, a, a hollow myth. P if people are still waking up in townships today. People are still uh, catching dangerous trains. There's still no public transport. People are still dying in pit toilets. If, if, if you're a young, poor black person in this country, you're no longer frustrated. You're angry. Mm. And, I, and I completely understand that. So Timber's dropping it elicited anger. And, and I think that reflects a, 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 a kind of a a lurch from from complacency and acceptance that we live in in, a, in, a, in an unequal society to uh, kind of a we're we're fed up we're, mm. we're, we're not mm. going to take this anymore so I don't think anyone can can, can say that Timber didn't deserve to be dropped he wasn't making runs 
Um, Rossi had, had earned his uh, had earned his place, I think. Zubair Hamza, they'd invested a lot of him. They, they were hoping that he was going to be the next Hashim Amla. Mm. He hasn't quite got there yet. Yeah. So I don't think anyone can complain about Temba being dropped. But what I, what I think isn't being recognized from Cricket South Africa is the tone of the discourse. And it's quite rightly angry. Yeah. Uh, I want to I wanna, I wanna steal a line or two uh, from your piece for the Evening uh, Standard mm. um, with the headline, Anger rises in South Africa over racial imbalance of sports teams. Um, you say there in your intro, uh, and beautifully well put, but um, if you haven't read it, I'll, I'll share it again on my, on my Twitter timeline. Uh, this is what Dan says. There was a time where the inclusion of a solitary black cricketer or rugby player on the field representing South Africa was celebrated as a triumph. Chester Williams lifting the Rugby World Cup in 1995 and Makai Antini opening the bowling for the Proteas pointed to a nation exorcising the demons of its past. But change has come at a glacial pace. Government enforced elections, quotas, given the euphemism targets uh, in inverted commas, have sought to rectify this, demanding an average of at least five non-white players, also in inverted commas, per game representing the Proteus throughout the season. South Africa have failed to meet these requirements in any of the three tests against England this winter. That mm. kind of sums up where we are in terms of demand of, mm. of, 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 of black representativity, doesn't mm. it, in, mm. in sports such as cricket and rugby? Mm. Absolutely. Um, it's a, it's a it's a failure. Something has gone wrong. It's it's clearly a broken system. If you if you set yourself these these targets and these you know these mandates and cricket South African development structures are saying that, I mean Graham Smith yesterday told us that hundreds of millions of rands have been spent and that sounds impressive, but then what if if you if 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 I was in charge of building it, we we I can see the developments in Rosebank just around the corner. Mm. If I was in charge of developing a building in Rosebank and I was telling you that. I was given 100, 100 million rand to build this building, but the roof was leaking and the foundation wasn't secure and the parking lot hadn't been developed. You'd be like, okay, well, that's not good enough. We're going to get a new contract and, 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 you, and you can't even see it. Yeah. It, it'd be lunacy to, 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 to accept that that, 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 is, that that is how things are. Yeah. If, you had, if Gramson's going to tell us that 100 million rand has been spent, hundreds of millions of rand has been spent, mm. and this is what they've got, that, and I think uh, Temu Mavuma has earned his place, as you said, in the weight of runs. But I'm, and, and obviously he's, he's been lucky that Hamza hasn't, hasn't, hasn't looked very good. But do we know for a fact that if Kakhisa Rabada was playing, that Tempo Bumba would have come into the side? I don't. Yeah, I, 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 I think that has played a role. So the fact that, that the loss of, of a senior bowler who is black African helps lubricate uh, the selection of another black African who is a batter, mm. they couldn't be more different in terms of cricketers. One is a six foot five tear away the other one is a whatever he is diminutive <laughs> accumulator of runs they, they, yeah. they, it's chalk and cheese in terms of the style of cricket mm -hmm. they play and yet because they their their skin color is a similar pigment they they are seen as an almost like for like replacement in the eyes of some people who, who view the world in purely racial through a purely mm -hmm. racial lens and i think that is a failure of cricket south africa amongst the you know the the, the differences between rabada and Temba also background Obviously, we know that black people aren't a monolith. I mean, Temba Bavuma is, is from Elanga Township in, in, uh, in Cape Town. And he, he got a scholarship to move up here and, and go to a good school. But Temba Bavuma, I mean, uh, Kakhiso Rabada uh, 
quite the contrary. I think his, his yeah. parents could afford to send him to St. Stephen's. That's right. You know, um, his dad's a top neuroscientist. His mom's a lawyer. Yeah, his father's a doctor. His mother's a lawyer. So I mean, he was destined to go to a good school, yeah. regardless of of, mm. of whether he's black or he's white. Mm. You know, and those are just some of the things that really frustrate, and I'm talking as a black person here, that really frustrated the process because it does feel like you can't substitute Temba for, for, for a KG, for a Kahis or Rabada. It does feel like, oh no, you can't have Temba and Ilepechlugwayo and Kahis or Rabada in one lineup, even though they are wildly different cricketers. They're kind of all three cricket, like, yeah different backgrounds and the way they got into the team yeah. is, 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 is different you know and that's 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 really where the frustration does stem from but let me steal another quote uh, from one of your pieces this is the one that I enjoyed the most um, where are South Africa's black African batsmen you wrote this for uh, Cricket Monthly this is the one you said you penned three years ago yeah September 2018 right, Daniel, Daniel Gallen right so now you say that of 18 black uh, Africans who have earned an international cap for the South African men's side across the three formats, T20, Test and ODI, only Lord Bosman, Temba Bavuma and Kaya Zondo have been selected as genuine batsmen. Mm. With the latter recently omitted from the one-day squad, Bavuma is now the only black African batsman assured of an international cap. Mm. Now that was in 2018. Right. And he, we came into 2020, and even he wasn't assured of of his international uh, uh, <laughs> status. And to boot, Kaya Zondo has disappeared. Nobody else has come in to say, "Hey, I'm also pushing to get into the the Pro Tiers lineup." And a lot of the guys that were bubbling under, I'd say, in the in the four years since September Bavuma moment at Newlands, where you got that hundred against England becoming the first black African to do so. What happened to all the other black African batsmen? Mm. Well, I, I, you know, it, it's... There obviously aren't enough coming through, coming through the system, or the, the, perhaps the way that they are developed, perhaps the way that they are trained um, needs to be looked at. But I think, I think Graham Smith made an interesting point, and, and you, you know my politics, so I, I didn't like what he said, even though I, I, I did hear the merit in it. Mm. And he said that in this transformation narrative, more onus perhaps should be placed on, should be placed on the players themselves. Mm. If, if the players are, are given opportunities, as they're telling us, and they're not scoring runs, if, they, if you're averaging 20 to 30 yeah, as a yeah. first-class cricketer, you don't deserve a test call-up. You, cricket, unfortunately, or fortunately, is a numbers game. You, you, that, that's why a book like The Wisdom Almanac can exist, because you can just look at it in a hundred years' time and say, oh, that, that guy must have been pretty good. He averaged 80 for the season. He must, have, he must have been in good form. So you ask where they are. Obviously, the base isn't big enough, then the pool of talent isn't big enough. Mm. But, but perhaps they just haven't taken their chances. And, and, and I, don't, I don't actually have an answer for that right now. I, I think that um, an investigation will have to be required. I think also it's easy to say that black batters don't do well, um, that they don't score runs, and that's why they're not selected. Mm. I, I think when it comes, anyone who, who's batted, even in the garden, knows what, it's, what the pressure's like. I mean, yeah. if you, go, you can be bowling to your dad as a, as a 10-year-old, you can bowl a rank half volley and he might still hit it to cover. Mm. Your 10-year-old sister can be bowling to you 
and you could miss one and go out and then that's you done. Now you're not batting anymore. Now you have to wait for a chance. If you're walking out in the Wanderers and you're a young black bowler and you, and you have a terrible first spell in your opening, in your opening game, no stress, you go down to fine leg, mm. you chill mm. out, you watch the game go by, you come back, you, you, you let the nerves settle. Yeah. You're a black batsman, or any batsman for that matter, and you, get a, and you get a ball that you waft at one, you nick it to third slip, and you're like, why the hell did I do that? Now you're sitting in the, in the dressing room watching your, watching your teammates make runs. That's a lot of pressure. Mm. And if you've got the added, added expectation of, of being black in this country, I think Timber Vuma has, has unfairly been asked to, to be so much to so many mm. people. And we understand why that is. But it's, it's, it's easier being a batter than a bowler in cricket. And that applies whether you're white or black. And if I can narrow it down even more, it is easier being a black bowler than it is a black batter. Yeah, it's cheaper to produce a, a, a bowler, unfortunately. Mm. And, and a pair of boots. Yeah, you need, oh man, I was playing cricket for my old school boys out there. And I had like, absolutely. <laughs> How'd that go? Very little kid, <laughs> not, not well. I'll tell you, I was lucky because uh, a friend of mine, Tano Manana, yeah. um, had gifted me um, a pair of cleats, which I can use for golf as well as cricket. But that's it, that's all I had. And, and, and I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not a cricketer professional, but growing up, that was the norm. If I had a bat, I would have had a lot of, a kit. Mm. I never had a helmet in mm. all the time that I played cricket. I never had a helmet. So you never had. Oh, so you never had a helmet. Now, do, how do you develop playing the short ball on bouncy wickets to a fast bowler? Fast bowler comes I, on, you, no, you you nick off, and now you look like you're scared. The, I'm not going to select that guy. The best option I've got is to ask a mate to 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 borrow me his. I, I always tell the story. I was playing for I think the boys had third team, and we we're playing in a field called Malvern, and. Um, I was coming on and I was, I think I was batting fourth or fifth and I didn't have, I didn't have pads because I'd grown too tall for my under 15 pads and kit that I had. Whereas if the ball hit me on my knee roll, it would actually strike my kneecap. Uh, you were just wearing shin, <laughs> basically wearing shin pads. Exactly. So I had to quickly ask another friend of mine, Ngawe, who was uh, the only other black guy in, in the team and he had somehow a kit and we literally had to do a quick swap before I get timed out yeah. and you'd yeah. help me pad up and while I put his sweaty helmet on Oof. his sweaty gloves on yeah. now I have to go out there and play yeah. I'm not feeling great yes. you know? yes. and, and I know I'm, I'm speaking relatively from a place of privilege myself because I, I, I went to Pretoria Boys High School but can you imagine mm. the kids in townships and rural areas with, with talent perhaps maybe with the innate um, or, or that uncoachable ability to, to, to spot a delivery before the bowlers even, you know, released it to, to, to judge length, to judge pace, to, you know, all, all, all those intangibles, but can't apply his skills mm. because he just doesn't have the kit. No, 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 I get that. The feeling good is an interesting thing. I, I always played better at the beginning of the season if I, if I had new gloves or new pads. And okay. yeah, you, you, you feel good. I, 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 I totally relate to that. I mean, if I've, now that I play amateur cricket and I have to share sweaty helmets, it sucks. <laughs> it sucks. And, and it's, it is humbling. And, and you, you must kind of also figure, why would I play this game? I have to wear a sweaty helmet. It's hard being a batter. I'm nicking off to second. All this pressure's on me. Lost that. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not doing that. So, but obviously at the elite level, that that is an issue. Um, 
but the but, but the psychological pressure definitely is, and and, and I, I can't imagine what it is. Development, you mm. can't develop without those those intangible things. Um, I want to bring in John G. Rhodes to the conversation. Yes. Quick quote in an article that a lot of people have shared online um, with the Hindu Times. He says, "You talk about white privilege, and it raises a lot of heat and debate on social media." But it is the case. I'm very well aware of that. My cricketing stats as a player were very average when I was selected. If I was competing with the rest of the country, then possibly I wouldn't have been picked and I would not have been diving around on the field. This is John T. Rose yeah. talking about this issue. When was it? Last week, 18th of January was um, when this article was published. Yeah. Now, right, that runs thing. I mean... There's a lot. AB De Villiers wasn't didn't have a didn't have ten thousand first class runs when he when when he played for the Proteus. Mm. Neither did Aidan Markram. Neither did Quinton de Kock. You know, I know they're prodigious talents, but what when when at what point do we develop the black prodigious talents that can walk in straight out of high school? We know Rabada did it, but he's a bowler. We 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 produce express bowlers for fun, but. Can we do that for batters? Well, I guess the question that Cricket South Africa would then ask you is, who are they? If, if, if the accusation that Cricket South Africa is not selecting mm. the, the British talents, tell us who they are. Who, who, are, who are the elite black batters? And my honest, my honest answer is that I, I don't, there aren't any. Mm. There, 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 isn't, there isn't a black cricketer who is, who is being denied an opportunity here. That is, that is the fact. But then we have to then say, well, why? Where are they? Yeah. Why are we not why producing them? It, 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 it's not that they're getting selected. Where John T. Rhodes was saying that he got selected if he was competing against other players, he wouldn't have made it. At the time, there were other. I mean, a little after John T. Ashwell Prince, Robin Peterson, um, who else can we name? Uh, Herschel Gibbs, maybe to, he was more of a, a prejudiced talent. But let, let's, let's say with Prince Hash. and Hash, even Hash, yeah. even yeah, that, that's a good example. These are guys who were selected late. And they had to play that like 10% harder in the domestic game. Uh, there isn't anyone now who's currently needing to play 10% better. Cricket South Africa want to select black players. They want to. They, Cricket South Africa, and I, I, th I think this is where some people get it wrong, is that Cricket South Africa would love to say our number three is black, our number four is colored, our number five is Indian, our number six is white, our number eight is black. We're opening the bowling with different colors. Rainbow Nation, our way. Our captain is deserving to be black. His vice captain is white. What a joyous occasion. I, Cricket South Africa want this. The fact that they can't do this is an indictment on them. So rather than them saying, washing their hands of the situation and saying, well, look, we'd love to do it, but they're not there. What can we do? I don't think that's quite good enough. And I think that has been the narrative that they have been espousing. And so so I, don't, I don't necessarily think that they are letting, letting the transformation... Uh, the, the quest for transformation down in terms of selection policies yeah. it, is, yeah. it is certainly like the developmental stage and that needs to be addressed and, and to his credit Graham Smith said acknowledge that okay but okay great wonderful to acknowledge it but what like what what's the step mm. you know I, I do know there's a few batters bubbling under there's Snechem Bakreshile yes I think Mangaliso Musashi is still young enough to get yeah. you know, or accumulate the kind of form that will get him in. I agree with you, none of these um, black batsmen who are currently in the setup ought to be shooed in yes. straight to the approaches right now. No, that, that would be the death of their career and the death of the approaches. Right, well. death of their careers is an important piece yeah. of knowledge. Yeah, yeah. So now, I, I mentioned Kashile, I mentioned uh, Mangi Musele, Wandile Makwetu. Yeah. 
Now the problem with cricket South Africa is that these players need to accumulate those runs. They need to be in teams. Yes. Why did they have to go to the Knights yes. to get game time? So did uh, Grant Mugwena, but he's, he's a little wrong on the tooth now. Yeah. And, and he's got his first um, first class 100 playing, playing for the Knights. And I mean, you know, at, at 31 years old or 30 years old, it's, too, it's kind of too late if you're black. Yeah. You know, to, to only start scoring first class runs at, over the age of 30. Yes. How are they going to fix it? Well, I, oh, geez, I mean, the, the, sh- the short answer is score the runs when they get the opportunity. Perhaps there needs to be um, the same sort of implementation at senior level as there is at, at, at junior level. I mean, when I wrote the Cricket Monthly piece uh, a couple of years ago, I, I spoke to some guys at Cricket South Africa and there was a policy at uh, youth teams, at under 15 Lions or Titans, whatever it is, that you have to select um, three, African, uh, three black Africans but at least two of them have to be batting in the top six and at least one of them has to be batting in the top four. So you can't just have them at, at five and six. Or eight and nine. Or, or eight and nine. You can have as many bowlers as you want, mm. but two of them have to be genuine batters and one of them has to be seen as a senior batter at number three or number four. The way then team, what then teams would start doing is they would open with the black batters, bat another one at six, and then have the bowlers. And now, now, as we know with opening the batting, it, with a new ball, sometimes you're going to get a good one. Doesn't matter how good you are. We see with with internationals, Aidan Markham gets an in swinger, gets his knock off some knocked out of the ground. Best talents in the world, unlucky good bowling. So black batters were, were seen as kind of these expendable products that if they came were fantastic, but we could we could lose them and hopefully they take the shine off the ball. So then cricket South Africa had to recalibrate and say, you can't open with both of them. So, so it's it's it, 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 you start tinkering and, and yeah, it, it, it's laborious. But you know, unfortunately, you know, we, we can't have our cake and eat it when it comes to the, when it comes to race in this country. We can't say that the optics aren't good enough and complain that micro tweaks are necessary to churn yeah, out. You yeah. know, it, it's either it's either we allow things to happen organically, but obviously we're getting impatient with that, or we really go and we and we move the dial by the millimeter until the machine is churning out the kind of product that we like. Oh man, I hope the machine churns out uh, a great product uh, pretty soon because I do feel that it's wearing on Tim Babuma that he's, I mean, I, I, I wrote, feel, I feel he's, for the guy. He's, he didn't choose to be uh, black. He yeah. didn't, he didn't yeah. choose to be the only black person in the protest. Heck, he didn't even pick himself yeah. to be part of the Proteus team. Yeah. And he didn't choose to be in the middle of this race store. Yeah. So you kind of feel that this, on top of the need for him to get his form back mm. for the Proteus, which is imperative for the team to start playing well and compete against this very better than average England side. Mm. You know, it just it, it's so much pressure for the guy. So much pressure. I, 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 I've interviewed him a couple of times. Uh, the last time I spoke to him, just before the start of the series, I said like, how are you feeling? And he just like was like, he didn't say it, but he was like, man, I'm just, I'm under pressure. He didn't say I'm under pressure, but, but he, he, he asked me and, he, and the audience that I was going to be writing for, he said, I want to be seen as a cricketer first and a black person second. And it is such a simple request, but it, it, it kind of blew my mind because I was like, of course you do. Who wouldn't want it? Exactly. Who wouldn't want to be? And and I, I feel for him. And look, I hope when you're listening to this, you now not you, Smooth, or the people, <laughs> the audience. I, I hope Timabuma has just stroked through it broad, through the covers, and he's just raised his hundred. I would love nothing more than to stand on my feet. I don't I don't clap, 
in the press box. Mm. If Timber gets 100, I'm, I'm gonna applaud as mm. if I was drunk on the wooden benches. <laughs> it's like, if he scores 100, I might go get drunk on the wooden benches. <laughs> uh, brilliant stuff. A quote by Kanye West actually comes into mind where he said, I'm not black, I'm Kanye, you know. Yet again, this, this issue is very deep, but thanks, Dan. I really appreciate your time. I'm sure you've got a ton of copy to file. Um, I need to get this out as well. But thank you so much, the Sports Life Podcast. We'll catch you on Skype next time, buddy. Um, hopefully, we can grab a beer before you leave. Absolutely. UK. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And yeah, I just hope this project keeps going from strength to strength. Awesome. Read Dan's stuff, guys. I'm going to share, share it on Twitter. When this comes out, expect a flood of all of Dan's articles in, in the comments in the link to this episode as well. All right, that's the Sports Life Podcast. Bonus episode on the impact of Temba Bavuma. Him being selected to be to come back to the uh, uh, Proteus setup and to play against England in the fourth test here at the Wanderers starting on Friday. That's it for me, Spoom Chigeliso, and you've been listening to the Sports Live podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Do also catch us on timeslive.co.za, as well as Sowetan Live, Business Live. We are also on Iono FM, the Apple Podcast Store, or wherever you get your podcasts. It could be Spotify, Stitcher, Castbox, Pocket Cast, wherever. To connect with us, please use the hashtag Sports Live. Share your comments with us at Times Live or at Sowetan Live on Twitter. A big thank you goes out to the multimedia live team led by Scott Peter Smith and producer Paige Muller, as well as the Tiso Black Star Digital Sports Department, headed by Ninawa Mchana Ntoko. Our sound and audio mixer is Innocent Manike. From us at the Sports Live podcast, it's goodbye for now. <laughs>